the Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by the Tea Clinic. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark. This is the Tea Health Show. And in studio today, we have our producer, Ryan, and um, my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Vivian Jandera, a plastic and reconstructive surgeon from Pretoria. And just to give you a little bit of background, um, Vivian was the ex-president and the first female president of APRASA, um, which is the um, Plastic and Reconstructive Association of South Africa. And she is um, the current um, medical advisor for Galdoma South Africa Aesthetics. Viv, it's always a pleasure to have you here with me. Morning. Morning, Mark. It's great to be here. Morning, Ryan. Morning, Dr. Mark. Okay, so today we're going to talk about um, something that's trending on social media quite a lot, and this is biostimulators. And I'm going to name them by name. Um, We're talking Sculptra for you who don't know. So, Viv, um, Sculptra is a biostimulator. Do you want to just quickly tell us again what a biostimulator does? We've discussed this in a previous uh, podcast before, but just refresh our memory. Okay, for those of you who don't know, um, it's a a revolutionary concept in in anti-aging and in rejuvenation where instead of using foreign material, we inject a substance called polylactic acid, and that polylactic acid stimulates your own collagen to produce new young type 1 collagen. And so it's, it's a biostimulator is, is defined as a substance that causes your own body to form a subclinical reaction and then to form collagen. So you've mentioned a couple of very important um, points in what you just said. Number one, that it's natural collagen production. And collagen of youth, because most other um, ways of stimulating collagen stimulate a type of more immature collagen, which then has to be converted to a type 1 collagen, which we, we would like to call the collagen of youth, whereas um, polylactic acid or sculpture um, has a direct pathway to type 1 collagen, and that's been shown scientifically. So just to explain that concept, um, collagen makes up up to 70% or even a little bit more of the skin. Am I right? That's correct. And there are 28 different kinds of collagen. Yes. And this is what people don't understand. Um, you know what? Collagen is basically the scaffolding that keeps your skin nice and plump and full um, and gives structure to the skin. And um, when we look at rejuvenating or generating collagen it's all about that specific type of collagen because collagen we can almost think of as like connective tissue am i right it is connective tissue and the interesting thing is um, we lose about one percent of our collagen a year starting frighteningly enough at the age of 30 i'm not there yet um, you know what, Your time will Ryan, come. Yes, you know what, there's a reason I wear sticky tape on my face every night when I go to bed. Um, but the different types of collagen that we produce, um, 
will also explain certain skin conditions. So, for instance, if you have acne um, and you form these little pitted scars or these box scars, these depressions in the skin, that is because of, of the type of collagen that was stimulated there. So, And that's usually type 3 and type 4 collagen that leads to scar tissue. Or scar formation. So, um, it's important for you to, when you stimulate collagen, stimulate the right type of collagen. And that's why Dr. Viv said that this is the collagen of youth. Right. So, Viv, what happens when collagen decreases? Well, I think you lose some structure in your skin. Um, your skin thins. Um, you get wrinkles. You lose that glow in your skin. And you just look old, Mark. <laughs> oh, you know what? Again, sticky tape. So um, are you saying from 30 it's all downhill? Well, <laughs> the, yes, but there's so much potential to actually keep up with that aging. And I think one of the most fascinating things for me is the concept of maybe not even treating someone who's aged already, but to actually keep up with someone who starts to age and to start these kind of treatments really young. And maybe theoretically you wouldn't age, Ryan. Yes. Well, that's the idea, and and this is what um, the the movement in aesthetics is currently. It's preventing um, the signs of aging instead of having to treat the signs of aging and ending up like uh, one of our famous uh, singers, Madonna. <laughs> I saw a photo of her the other day again. Oh my word! Looks bad, hey. She's yeah. doing a big world tour now. But she's had to cancel some of them. Yeah, she was well. she was yeah. a little bit sick. But yeah. you know what? I think yeah. Let's anyway leave, it leave there. that one. Um, so, biostimulators is not a new concept. It's been something that's been around for quite some time, um, and then it hit the aesthetic market maybe fifteen years ago outside of South Africa. We're thinking specifically. Brazil, who are the um, leaders, I would say, in the use of biostimulators. Do you agree? Yes, I think so. I think uh, actually polylactic acid, which is the stuff that's in sculpture, has actually been around for years and years. It's sort of been used around since the 1960s for various medical reasons. And in fact, one of the stitches that I use in plastic surgery is made out of the same material, but it hit the aesthetic market Around 1999. So we've got years and years of experience and also years of years of experience before it hit South Africa, which was great. So they sorted it all out, did all the research. And now if we sit, we stick to guidelines, we've got a really safe product out there that can do quite a lot. Very effective. Now, you and I were some of the first doctors in South Africa to have exposure to sculpture. Um, and that was about two and a half years ago um, when we started using sculpture for rejuvenating our faces, specifically treating things like laxity, um, sagging of the skin, volume loss, and luminosity. And um, then towards the beginning of this year, yeah. um, we launched Sculpture or the biostimulators, PLLA, for the use in bodies. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we go there, just 
give us a little bit of your experience with the use of biostimulators in the face. Well, I've been using biostimulators. I was, as Mark said, one of the first people to learn how to use them. And I think we started in about June 21. Yeah. And um, it was quite nerve-wracking in the beginning. There was a lot of science. We knew a lot about it. But the day you do your first patient is still the day you do your first patient. Well, this is, this is, this is what I was actually going to ask is how do you, how do you guys actually find or decide to use this, this product that hits the market? Like, do you test it out on yourselves or is it you try it on? You know, it's not a question of testing really, Ryan, because it's been out there for so long. It's the right. same thing. Like if I'm a surgeon and I'm learning to be a general surgeon and I must learn to take out an appendix. It's established. We all know how to take out an appendix, but I still have to do my first one. Right. So it's that kind of thing. Okay, I see. So it was a very exciting time, very nerve-wracking because most of us did our first 10 or 20 people on patients that were established patients of ours that were perhaps coming for other surgical or non-surgical treatments like toxin or fillers. And, um, you know, you really want to deliver that result. And it was so exciting to see that to see the results of Sculpture and to see that, you know, um, it needs that three to four months of time and that the results continue to improve. And once we saw that, it was just such an easy thing to recommend to people. I don't know if you found that, Mark. For me, it was and still is a, a revolution in the aesthetic field. I, I remember sitting there um, when our trainer, Dr. Luis Avila from Brazil, uh, spoke to us about this and I immediately said this is going to change my practice, which it did radically. Mm. Um, for, for me, um, one of the most insightful things that I took away and then saw in my own practice is how it allows us to treat the signs of aging in the face, specifically sagging of the skin. Um, As we get older, there's a lot of changes that happens. Your skull changes, the shape of your skull, the bone, which is your major support structure, starts changing. And this is where Dr. Vivian excels because um, she is our anatomy guru. Um, But the skull changes and then the structures that lies on top of the skull, which gives the skin support, which is fat pads and muscles and soft tissue and stuff like that, that also starts changing. And you end up with a face that looks saggy, you know, what? Yeah. and um, the only way that we had to treat that prior to the use of a biostimulator was to over-inflate your face giving you a soft, pillowy look. And you saw all those women walking around, and it was, oh, my God, what did she do? No, it was not what did she do. It's what did the doctor who injected her do? Um, and when Sculpture came around, it was uh, the product that allowed us to achieve a wonderful result with patients, giving them a natural look without over-inflating and, and um, distorting the facial contours. And for me, that was brilliant. 
didn't you find that some of the patients that you'd had for years that you got a nice result, you just got that extra something when you started to add a biostimulator? Absolutely. Because you didn't want to do any more filler on them because they would have started to look like those stupid celebrity (laughs) people that have so much money. I don't know why they can't go to a decent doctor. But... um, and it just gave you that whole new dimension. Absolutely. And it also opened the market to people who were anti-looking unnatural. Right. There's such a trend towards natural looks. Yeah. And the whole thing about using your own tissue. I think it's just it's it's something that's big around the world at the moment. You know, but for me, one of the biggest selling points that I use in my office for patients is that PLLA, polyalactic acid. It's lactic acid. It's the stuff that collects your muscles when you exercise. Um and it's biocompatible, which means that, you know what, it's, it's not a foreign substance to the body. It's biodegradable. It breaks down into water and carbon dioxide, which, you know what, is phenomenal for specific people who want to not put something foreign into their bodies and who wants a gradual result that's natural looking and on top of it all, Long lasting. This is a product, um, the results which of lasts far longer than anything that we've seen before. Um, and Dr. Viv, between Dr. Viv and myself, Viv, we have over 55 years of experience in the aesthetics market. Yo. No, it's, it's, <laughs> That's it's good and it's bad. <laughs> so, um, and, We've seen basically everything. We started all off with your neuromodulators. So the term that people use is Botox. We start, both of Viv and I started with Botox. And then it was the tissue fillers that came that helped with facial contouring and volumization. And then it was the next big thing with the polyallactic acid threads or the P, um, PLO threads. Mm. Um, and you know what? If you if if those three things didn't work for you, your only other option was surgery. And now we have something that we can offer patients to delay surgery or use between surgeries that gives them a phenomenally good natural-looking outcome. Yeah, I agree. We also lose it after facelift surgery because I have patients who have had facelifts either by myself or. Somebody else that come and see me, and if they are three, four years down the fa- down the line, they don't need another facelift, but it's not looking as good as it was. Then sculpture has been fantastic for that. So, um, Ryan, one of the things that I wanted to say to you in medicine, yes, there's a, a term called you see one, then you do one, and then you teach one. That's a South African medical school. <laughs> so, you know what, when, when we had our training, yes, we had a demonstration, a live demonstration by our trainer. And then in front of our trainer and in front of all your colleagues, you had to bring a patient and you had to do it on your patient. So that's nerve wracking. You know what, if, if you have to, do something in front of your peers that you're doing for the first time, you never want to be the first one to go. And it's always the that gets to go first. <laughs> <laughs> so we all watch. <laughs> it must be difficult trying to find a patient. 
I mean, that's the first challenge. No, you know what? no actually it's not. it's not. You know, patients are so well informed. We needed patients for a big training group that we did in April this year. And we, we actually had more volunteers than we needed. Really? Yes. Patients are so informed. And I remember chatting to them in the pre-screening process because I think I was involved with that, yes. Mark, and saying to them after, you know, everybody had done their thing, I said to them, you know, I'm the medical advisor, and is there anything I can tell you about the product? No, mm-mm, no, read it all, no, everything. I'm fine, I'm happy. When, when can I come? Wow. True. Yeah. True. It was uh, it was mind blowing. Actually, I thought you know I'd have to explain how it worked or something like that. They knew absolutely everything. There's so thought, much info out there. I just thought if you're part of the live demonstration, that's where, that's where it gets like a bit bumpy. But if you're saying there's more volunteers, then that's well, crazy. you know, but the live demonstration is all you have to do is lie there and not moan when so you know what when we do something to you. That's an instruction. But remember, so, remember Shame, let the listeners also understand that in the live demonstration you're in a little room that's with a camera. You're not actually on the stage in front of four hundred people. Right. Yeah. So it's being streamed to your audience. So it's you know, and we do really try and keep the patients comfortable and calm and stuff like that. Oh that's nice. Okay. So what Dr. Vivian has Referred to just now was when um, we launched the use of biostimulators for body indications in South Africa. So a body indication <clears throat> is anything from the jawline down. Yeah. And for us, you know what, um, for me specifically, who's not a plastic and reconstructive surgeon, this opened a completely new avenue in treatment um, for aesthetic patients. So, Viv, um, off-face off indications or body indications for biostimulators, um, do you want to run them through with us? Well, obviously the big one and the one that everybody knows about is buttock augmentation, and that's its primary, primary off-face indication. Yeah. can be used in other areas. It works brilliantly in necks for neck rejuvenation. And then basically, because you're building up collagen, you can use it under limited indications where you want to tighten lax skin. So I've used it in patients um, like perhaps women who are really thin and have had babies and have that little bit of crinkly skin around the belly button. Mm. It can tighten. It can tighten there. I've seen it being used um, just in upper arms for a little bit of flaccidity. Yeah, I that's think it's the, the- Bingo wing, yeah. loose skin. But big bingo wings need surgery. Yeah. But little bingo wings work well with, with a non-surgical approach. And I think when it comes to off-face indications, especially below the neck, yeah. I think patient selection is everything. It's not for everyone. Yeah. It gives a brilliant result if you do it in the right candidate. Yeah. However, if you need surgery, you need surgery. And let's let's just... Talk about the indications. So um, next, Viv, before we go to buttocks, which is, I think, the, the main focus of today's discussion, next it would be your crepey, crinkly, turkey kind of of neck, not necessarily your double chin. So this is a treatment that works well on stimulating collagen formation in the skin which will tighten the skin. It's not going to um, take, you know, what your 120-kilogram chin um, 
and make it disappear. This is more for your thinner, older patients um, who do not want to give away their age after a facelift. And also after I've had quite a lot of patients who've done sculpture on their faces and have been so happy with it. They said, just do my neck as well because then they, it kind of balances out. But as Mark said, if you like have a huge double chin or you have loads of excess skin, you know, like a Sharpay, it's not going to work. No. Yeah. So there's limits to everything, but used in the right indications, you can get a really lovely result. May I ask, um, with doctors in your field, are there many that do these surgeries themselves or is it? One of those where they just do the surgeries and they don't. Like, do 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 they get rejuvenation themselves, or? You mean do um, we doctors do have 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 surgery? Yes. It's a funny question, there. So some do and some don't. Okay. Yeah, it it's, it's actually quite it's, interesting, um, especially if we go to international conferences. You you see a you couple see of it. characters where you think. <laughs> Oh my word, how do they have patience? Either because, you know what, yeah. the lips come around the corner first and then the cheeks and then the rest of the face. Or it's, oh my God, just play, maybe do something. Yes. Um, so. but you know what, I have to be honest, I don't think that that's a, a real big thing under the South African doctors. No, I don't think so. I think, I think, um, most of us that are involved in rejuvenative procedures, non-surgical, do something. I would mm. say. Hey, Mark? Mm. Yeah. Well, you know what? I did my first Botox treatment on myself at the age of 26, and I did my glabella frown, um, those oh. 11s, because Lovely. I walked around. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I walked around in, in summer with um, two lines, tan lines, between my eyebrows because I was always frowning. Um, so, you know what, I started young with Botox and I am 72, but I don't look it. Um, <laughs> thanks, Ryan. Um, but uh, you know what, it is something that if you're in our field, you need to look for part. And I also believe that you can't really do something on someone else if you actually don't know what it feels like and what the results are. Sure. Now, so I can't tell a patient to do something if I don't believe it works. Well, I mean, that's the, mm. and if I believe, and if I believe it works and it's relatively non-invasive, why wouldn't I have it? Well, I mean, that's it. Like, I, I just think of it like if you go to a tattoo artist who has no tattoos, it's just a bit odd. Well, in my opinion. but Yeah, I, I agree with you. Okay, so let's, let's look at buttock augmentation. Mm. And this is something that is probably one of our most challenging things as practitioners to get across to our patient. And this is, you need to be the right type of patient. Um, if you don't fit the indications, you're going to spend a lot of money not getting the result. So um, choosing your practitioner correctly, that will assess you accurately, I think is very important. Dr. Viv, um, what are the indications for butts if we if we look at a patient? What can we do with a butt? Okay, so the things that you can improve, it's a bit of a niche market, Mark, I think. I don't know. Absolutely. If you Absolutely. So it tends to be someone who's quite involved in their personal appearance, probably trains a lot and gyms a lot, and probably actually looks quite good anyway. 
Yes. This have is you not noticed that? Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Okay. But would like to improve certain facets. So I would say that you are able to make limited changes in shape, in volume of the buttock, in projection, and in skin quality or cellulite. And a little bit of sagging. And a little, and sagging. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about the sagging. Yeah. And then also, you know, it's interesting around the world when we had our training and we asked patients what were, bo- what was bothering them. Our Brazilian trainer was amazed because South African people said hip dips. They don't like their hip dips. They want their hip dips and hip dips and cellulite, whereas the South Americans were going for volume and projection. So it's interesting that South Africans have different ideas of what bugs them, than, and that's different all over the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what? I think what brought about this revolution were the and I hate to say the, the surname, the Kardashians. I was about um, to say when to it, to enhance um, a fuller, rounder butt. Um, where I think before they came along, everyone just wanted a pert butt, not a big butt, but a pert one, one that sits nice and high and it's tight, and you know what? Uh, you don't have that horrible fold. And where your leg and your butt meets, um, when you wear your bikini, um, or you, you don't want to walk around in, in your underwear or your bathing suit and your bum is flat. So, um, and, and that's where the Brazilian butt lift came around, which is surgical procedure. And this is not something that's easy to do, the Brazilian butt lift. The Brazilian butt lift is a big surgical procedure where you take fat from one part of the body and you inject it into the butt area or there's also the option of using butt implants. Um, Brazilian butt lift or that fat or transplantation into the buttocks is not a procedure without risks. It's got the highest mortality rate in all plastic surgery procedures because where we inject the fat can be quite close to big veins which can cause um, fat emboli that go into the into yeah. the lungs and have a fatal outcome. However, it's a good procedure done in the right hands by trained people for the right indications. I'm certainly not negating the procedure. But embarking on a surgical procedure like a BBL is a much bigger thing than most the, people, than would, most people would realize. And you can get a limited improvement by doing something non-surgical. It's something that appeals to a lot of people. Okay. Who's the right patient? Okay. I would say the most important, two most important things that you need um, is hormones and a good BMI. So you would want someone, if they were a woman, to have a relatively young woman who still had estrogen. And you would have, you would want their body mass index to be around 25 to be around normal weight. Yeah. So, you know what, your, think about your normal average lady that has a fairly active lifestyle. Yes. Um, she doesn't have to be a supermodel or a gym junkie. And mm. she could have had two um, children. I mean, it's not, it's not for the, the young 21 year old gym bunny only. No, no. no. Yeah. Um, if we look at time uh, or age, we can, we can, exp- we know that we stimulate collagen well into our 70s. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but this is not something that I would readily do for someone above I would say 60 
because cost then becomes an issue. We can stimulate collagen uh, with the PLLA treatments, but the quality of that collagen is not necessarily going to give you the result if you have really saggy, crinkly skin. You'll see a result, but the result, uh, you know, it would be not something that, you would spend a hundred thousand rand on. Sure. Um, so age wise, maybe from mid twenties, early thirties to about 50, 55. I would say closer to 50. I think some, and also, but also people are like a chronological age is just not a chronological age anymore. You get some 50 year olds that look amazing and some 30 year olds that don't. So I think if I had perhaps, um, somebody in good shape who was 50 but wanted an improvement in skin quality such as cellulite, I would consider a sculpture treatment. But I certainly wouldn't be trying to volumize or project that person's buttock. I think it's what I wanted to do with a product. And that's why it's quite tricky and why we're really trying to train doctors properly because you inject it in a different way depending on what it is that you're trying to treat. Yeah. So there's quite a serious assessment, quite a detailed assessment that gets done. And it's a combination of what we find on examining the patients and marry that with what the patient would like to see an improvement and see if we can we can have a journey together. Well, absolutely. I think in what we do, understanding the underlying condition and the underlying problem is essential. And that's where we start. And both Dr. Viv and myself are trainers for Galderma, where we train on fillers and biostimulators. And Dr. Viv has um, just recently started a, a training academy called MasterMed. Um, and I was one of the first people to do that course as an advanced injector with 20 years of experience. And I learned so much from that. Because if you do not understand the process of aging and what changes underneath what you see, you cannot be a good injector. You'll give your patient a result, but it will never be the optimal result. And understanding the condition and seeing whether the patient's expectations marry with the underlying condition and what your product can actually do is essential. And if you can't do that, the patient would walk out not being happy. I think one of the problems that we have with something like a biostimulator is the fact that it's natural collagen stimulation over time. And you know what that means? I'm going to do something on you. And I'm going to tell you, but you're only going to see the results six months later to a year later. So that becomes a little bit tricky. And if you, if you do not have a good relationship with your patient and if you don't explain what is going to happen in words and terms that the patient actually understand, you're going to have a very unhappy patient. Viv, do you agree with that? Yes, yes. It's definitely. And one of our trainers taught us this year, time is the friend of Sculptra. Yeah. That you need time. And what we, we were, we initially, when we started using it in the face, I don't know if you remember, we used to do however many treatments we needed and then see the patient six weeks later and then kind of call that the final result. And it really wasn't. No. Those patients continue to grow collagen six months later. Yeah. And if you happen to see your patient, because most of, those patients are patients that see us regularly, you'll see that it continues to improve 
um, even though you haven't done any further treatments. Absolutely. Now, body treatments take even longer to work because the regeneration of collagen in your body takes longer than in your face. So, for instance, if you were to do a buttock treatment, you would start to see the results in three months, not even at six weeks. And you probably wouldn't do a second treatment if you wanted to before three months. So your patient I, I, really I, has to, I, your patient really has to trust you because you literally have to say, please come and do this treatment. And when you walk out of my office, I promise you, you're going to look exactly the same. And they just have to, you know, we show them lots of befores and afters, you know, explain exactly how it works, why it works like that. Um, but generally people have been happy. Uh, I, I am. And the people that I've treated, um, it's been three months now. Um, the biggest difference that the patient experiences, it feels different. It feels tighter. Oh, okay. Um, and we are about to do second treatments on, on the patients that we treated initially. And some of them, not all, some of them now start saying, yeah, there's a change to the quality of the skin. It's less dimply. It's, it's less saggy. Um, but you know what? We far away from the final result. The final result we will basically only see towards the beginning of next year. Um, after this second treatment. Mm-hmm. And that is what patients need to understand. And you know what? They, they sometimes can become a little bit disillusioned, um, or even disappointed, um, and, and wait for the full effect. I actually wanted to, I, I have two questions. Um, the first one is, is there any maintenance regarding this? Like, do you go back every, now and then to check before like a full on second treatment or I, you know what? Yes, I would say so. Um, what, what we've seen with the treatments of biostimulators in the face is that after you completed your course, which is usually three, maybe four treatments, the results lasts for longer than 25 months with patients having, um, a satisfactory index of more than 80% at, at 25 months. But, um, both Viv and I would say that, you know what, maybe once a year after you've completed your course, come in for another one because collagen breaks down over time. Now, environmental factors like sun and smoke and bad diet, et cetera, et cetera, speeds up the breaking down of collagen. So it's what, what you do with this treatment is you reactivate lazy cells that produce collagen and they're called fibroblasts. But you also bring in new fibroblasts into that area and they deposit collagen over a period of time, which is long lasting and ongoing. But as you age, those cells also start slowing down again. So, you know, it's that stimulation um Every now and again. Right. Um, and what we see is that the period between treatments um, or between maintenance treatments is actually quite long. If we if we compare it to fillers, Viv, mm-hmm. um, we always said that a filler lasts nine months to 18 months. I've never seen a filler last 18 months 
in any case, uh, you know, with the patients come back sooner than that. Um, and then you have to redo it. Um, but here, you know what, if you, if you've done your first series of treatments and we call that one treatment, um, doing it next year, one session instead of a three, your results just keep on improving and improving and improving. Um, so, you know, yes, absolutely. Maintenance on face and body. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, and in the, in the case of like a, um, a BBL or uh, a, a buttock treatment. treatment, I think we'd have to see. I think definitely uh, most patients would need two treatments mm. and then we'd have to see in a year's time. The interesting thing with the face treatments is that the patients are asking me, is it time for my maintenance? So once they've gone through their series of first treatments and they see the results, they, I say, you know, it's a year since your last one. Yeah, 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 book me. It's it's yeah. because they know it works. Yes. So it's it's um, yeah. they just like to be reminded. I've, I've I haven't had of the patients that I've treated that are now coming up for a year after completing their treatment. I've never I've never had anyone who said no 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 I'll skip at this one and I'll tell you when I want to come. I've everybody sort of it's, come for their treatments, but I have had people who said I'm going to give toxin a break for a mile t- and I don't feel like I need fillers right now. But I haven't yes. had anyone who said I don't want to come for my maintenance for my sculpture. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I uh, you know. But so they must be seeing something if they're feeling about it, feeling I, like that about it. When I started using sculpture, I realized that my patients gave me the feedback that. The first thing that they see is their friends telling them that their skin is looking good. And so that is usually around about week four, week five, and then usually at week six we do the second treatment. And then the patient comes back and then they say, you know what, I can see that my skin is looking better. And then suddenly, um, you know, at four or six weeks after that second treatment, um, they, they call and say, when can I have a next one? I said, sorry, you have to wait another two or four weeks. I would just say, but you know what? I want the next one. It's looking so great. And then their friends start asking them, what have you done? You look amazing, hmm. but they cannot pinpoint what it is that was done because there's no, um, obvious sign that, you know, if we've put something into the cheeks or uh, the patient just looks fresher, brighter, younger, etc. Viv, I just want to circle back. Um, indications for sculpture, buttock. So let's start with contour of a butt. So contour of a butt is the shape of a butt. So everyone wants that um, little apple Kind of butt, am I correct? That heart shape. It's really funny because they looked at shapes of butts and to see what's an, what's supposed to be the best shape for your butt. So apparently the most ideal butt shape is an upside down heart. Okay. And then a round one is also okay. A square and a triangle, not so good. So triangle is the one where it, where, where it actually points downwards. downwards. Yes. So you, you want, I remember, God, I can't, believe I'm going to say this. My, my, my father, um, I came across some of these magazines and it was, I think if in those days it was stag and it was this apple with legs. So, um, so it, it was that perky little bubble butt. That's what everyone wants. So if we look at contour, what is the biggest problems with contour? Is it that hip dip that we talk about? And just explain hip dip maybe. So 
Um, if you think about it, your whole weight of your buttock hangs off your back and goes down your legs. So if you were to take your hands and put them on your buttock and lift them up to where you wanted them to be, you wouldn't see a dip in the upper outer yeah, so that's yeah, on the side. But you this is for that. women. Okay, that's for that's women. That's for women. women. Okay, men are completely different. Yes. But for women, the hip dip, I believe, is actually caused by the weight of your buttock dragging downwards. So if you were to lift your own buttocks back to where you thought you'd like them to be, the hip dip would disappear. But however, we walk upright, and so the hip dip remains. Now, it's interesting. In some cultures, the hip dip is seen as really attractive. Uh, especially in boys. <laughs> I like a hip dip in a boy. You like a hip dip in a boy. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Mark. <laughs> so it, okay. it's just, you know what, it's, yeah, it's. But what, there's some cultures that think hip dips in women are also attractive. Okay. But it seems to be a more, a, a bigger problem to South African women that they would like, you ask them, what would you like improved? And the two commonest requests are my hip dips and cellulite. Okay. So that brings us to the other three. So, Quality of skin, cellulite. We're going to talk about that just now. But talk about sagging, viv, and maybe a little bit of volume loss and projection. Those are the other things that we, we can treat. I had the treatment and I had a treatment specifically because I lost uh, some weight and I've lost projection and volume in my butt. Um, so viv did a treatment for me for that. Um, it was a sexy butt, hey? That was a gorgeous button. Thank you. Right. So, uh, if we, if we talk about sagging, <laughs> it's, it's where the butt that was nice and put just rotates downwards. Okay. And then you get what we call the fold underneath your bum. And that's where your leg and your bum comes together. And ideally, we would like that fold not to cross the midline. Yes, there's even a whole scale. Some very clever dermatologists in the, scale, in the States um, developed a scale of infragluteal folds. So if you want something else to feel inadequate about, you're the fold <laughs> under your butt. Honestly, mustn't go past the midline of your leg. And if you have no fold at all, that's really good. And there's like a grading scale. Yeah, those, By a very, very those supermodel kind of. So super, I mean, models. and if you want to be like that, you just better be born like that. I, I do agree. Yeah. So remember that genetics plays, plays a huge part. There's a reason why we're all not supermodels. Mm. So you've also got to work with you've got what work with what you've got, you know, and not to get yourself, up, you know, as a sort of female, I, I don't need something else to make me feel inadequate about. So I think these scales are all great. And what I do think is very nice when we do sculpture in the buttocks that we've got that assessment scale where we actually sit and we chat to the patient and we say, look, we can, with sculpture, we can work with various things. We can look at volume. We can look at how much your butt sticks out. We can look, that's projection. We can see how much your butt sags. We can say if you've got a hip dip and then we almost plot a chart and we can show you and we can say, okay, so between you and I, this is what we think could be improved. Now, what would you like to do? Yes. It's, I, it's again, it comes back it to understanding the, the patient wants and needs. It's so important to do a good assessment. It's not just a question of injecting the substance into the correct layer, into the buttock. You're going to make it, you're going to deposit 
different quantities in different areas yes. of the buttock depending what you're trying to do. Yeah. And what you do with treatment one might not be the same as what you want to do with treatment two. Absolutely. So you might say, sure, I got an amazing improvement in cellulite, but now actually, you know what? I'd like a little more projection. Okay, let's tweak the treatment a bit and do it slightly differently. Okay, so cellulite is coming up regularly. Vivian, I think there's very, very few women who do not at some point start battling with cellulite. So um, cellulite is all about fatty deposits or um, subcutaneous fat. Fat gets um, encapsulated in almost connective tissue bands. So think of honeycombs and these these connective tissue stretch down to the deeper layers and that creates a pulling and that results in dimpling of the skin. And that, you know, it really isn't, isn't very nice, especially if you want to walk around in, in a swimsuit. And it's probably one of the, the biggest indications that I see in my practice for the use of PLLA or Sculptra in the bum is for quality of skin and reducing cellulite. Yes, yes. You know why men don't get cellulite? No. It's partly hormonal, but it's also got to do with, and you alluded to that honeycomb. So if you think if you go from the outside of your skin, you've got your skin, and then underneath that you've got a thin layer of fat, and then it goes down to your muscle. And between the skin and that muscle, there's vertical bands, and those yes. bands um, are retaining ligaments. Yeah. And just because of estrogen. Um, a lack of estrogen. Yeah, a lack of estrogen. But the fact that men don't have estrogen means that they have more of those bands. So they have more support, support. of their skin okay. so they don't get cellulite. They get less cellulite. It's the same reason why men don't get those barcode lines above mm. their upper lips because they've got more of those retaining ligaments that give support. Sure. Uh, I don't want to call us superior, but <laughs> no, I was taught no. But you do remember one of our trainers said this proves that God was a man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, Viv, we know what we can treat. We need to choose the correct patient. The correct patient is not someone who's grossly over overweight, normal body weight, and normal body weight. You know what I I would say for someone not heavier than eighty kilograms, then we're starting to to battle depending on how I tall you are. I like BMI for that. So unless you're very muscular, in which case BMI doesn't work, but I'd like a BMI around twenty six, twenty seven or less. Okay. I, so I, yeah. BMI is you take your weight and you divide it by your height in centimeters squared. Okay. So, so if you're 1.76, you go 1.76 times 1.76, get the answer and take your weight and divide it by that answer. And that gives you your body weight. Yeah. Weight in kilograms. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's quickly talk about the treatment. Um, you know what? We, we're running out of time. It's a very simple treatment to do for us, actually, if we look at the technique, but it's understanding where to put it. But what it's, what do the patient experience? Let's talk about that. 
Well, we do the treatment with a cannula, with, which is like a blunt tip needle, and we introduce the product at the level where we want it to work, which is just under the skin. And it's actually far more superficial than most people want it. to believe. Yeah. So what we do is we use a little bit of local, and I use a little bit of local anesthetic, like the dent, like you have at the dentist, and we make certain areas on the buttock numb, and we use those little numb spots to introduce that cannula. And then once it's underneath the skin, it's really, I would say patients would say discomfort about two out of ten. No. Uh, well, no, I think more. No, I actually think less. That uh, was me, Mark. Yes, that's, that's, that's why. I'm teasing you. I, you know what you feel? I think if I think about the sculpture treatments I've had to my face, it's really painless. I'd give it a two out of ten. Yeah. And, and I'm not very brave because every so often you feel like I'd call it a twinge. Yeah, Not a, actually, you kind of feel it's, it. It's, it's a like slight sting. It's a slight sting. Yeah, that's a good way to for describe. For a couple of, uh, for a, I would say a millisecond, yes. um, because we add a little bit of local anesthetic. To um, the product when we inject it, and it's it's not the product that burns; it's that local anaesthetic that gives you a, a slicing. That's the that's the discomfort. I must say, patients that I've done their their buttocks of have been surprised at actually how comfortable, how comfortable it, was. it was. And they, you know, you explain to people something how you're going to do it and what you're going to do, but there's that element of not knowing, and they lie there and they're really quite nervous. Um, but once you get going and you start, they say, "Oh, is this it? Is that all? Oh, okay, cool. This is fine." You know, and they chat away while you work. So, yeah, absolutely. So it's the fear. The initial apprehension is like the fear of the unknown. Right. Why are you laughing, Ryan? <laughs> no, I'm. You know, I, I can't relate to any of this, but it's like getting a tattoo for me. No, it's like no. no tattoo is much more painful. No, 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 I well, don't have well, one. Well, well, that's the thing. It's like in your head, you make it a lot bigger than what it actually yeah. is. Yeah, that's, You that's know what? I hate it when people say it's like a bee sting. Um, for me, bee stings are bloody painful. This is, this is like when you take a very, very small little rubber band, um, and you just flick it. You don't, you don't really pull it. It's, it, it really isn't. The pain's there, but it just disappears. It's not pain. It, you can feel that someone is working. It's like, it, it's like Viv said, it's like being at the dentist. You're not, you're not in pain, but you're aware right. that Someone is putting pressure. It's more of a pressure than a more pain. Of a pressure thing, yeah. Downtime. I experienced zero downtime. I would say that my, the patients I've done buttocks on have had zero downtime. There's nothing specific you have to do. You don't have to avoid going to the gym. Patients have asked me, can they still sit? They're scared to sit on it. And I say, yes, yes, it's absolutely yeah. fine. What we, what we actually do is we encourage patients to massage the area. So, you know what, you can always get someone else to massage it for you, but, um, refused. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, and then Viv, um, fairly easy treatment to do takes about a half an hour. You know, maybe 40 minutes to do the procedure. It's the preparation that is a lot of prep. You know, you have to dilute the stuff and draw it up and prepare the patient and clean everything. So that I, I book mine out for an hour, but I yeah. think it's including all the prepping, the chatting, the explaining and, yeah. the, you know, the, no. But I mean, I remember when I did my first sculpture face, I think it took me nearly an hour and now we do them in 20 minutes. So it's all no, a question absolutely. of just having done enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, 
learning curve for us as medical practitioners um, who do these treatments? And at the moment, you know, it is not a lot. Um, we we have done a training session for about 40 doctors uh, when we launched it. Am I correct? Yeah. And we've been doing trainings and since we, then. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's – our learning curve is incredibly steep. It's not in the technique. All of us can use cannulas very effectively, but it's all in the assessment. So I want to ask people who want to consider this treatment, um, when you go to your doctor for this, um, it's all in the assessment. And this is where the doctor's knowledge and skill, I don't want to say skill, knowledge and ex- um, experience will play a very big part. And insight into what, what the treatment can and can't do. And, you know, it's, it's so difficult these days. So like, there's so much on Instagram, especially on Instagram about, oh. about sculpture treatments and about sculpture buttocks. And not everybody, if you look worldwide, not everybody is entirely completely truthful about everything. No. And so patients can often come in with quite an unrealistic idea of what can be done or they'll see that Dr. Joe Bloggs in Texas did X, Y, and Z and now they want this thing and you know that that's actually really wrong and that's not cool and it's not the way to do it. So there's a lot of fantastic information out there and I love it that our patients come in knowing quite a lot, but they can also just be misin- just as easily misinformed. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um Cost-wise, this is not um, a, a cheap procedure to do. Um, you know, but I think all of us charge a little bit differently because of the time aspect. Um, certain people take a little bit longer. And as medical practitioners, we charge according to the time that we spend with the patient. The product itself is fairly expensive to us. Um, and you know what I would I would think most doctors would charge somewhere between twenty and thirty thousand rand for for treatment, uh, around about Viv. Do you agree? Somewhere around about there. Possibly market depends. You know, it's largely dependent. We do charge for time, but it's largely dependent on the amount of product you use. Absolutely. So, in your bu- so especially for buttock augmentation, Support. the more vials that you can use, the faster your result. So I do, I like my patients to do two vials per side. So, so four I don't really offer less than four per treatment. No, you I'm look at our cost price. I think I'm going closer to your 30 than I am to your 20 because it would be in a very exceptional case that I would think it would be fine to do one vial on each side. I think you I think patients would be like cheating themselves because you basically they're little molecules dissolved in water that have an effect. So you want to spread the optimum amount of molecules of that substance to give you the result. So to offer a cheaper treatment with less less amount of product may just give you a lesser result. So I think you have to tailor it to your to your patient and rather do really one good treatment. You might not even need your second one. Absolutely. I agree with you. The last thing that I want to um, just highlight, uh, Viv, is that Sculpture, and here I'm referring to the brand name Sculpture, which is a biostimulator, is the original biostimulator. Now, in South Africa at the moment, they are, um, I want to call them generics yeah. that are going to be hitting the market. 
um, different technologies. And you know what? As with a lot of generics, the efficacy is sometimes a little bit questionable. If you want to understand that statement a little bit better, just go and read up on um, what the efficacy of a generic needs to be for it to actually come to market. And it's never a hundred percent. It's much lower actually. Um, so I just, these products will also be then a little bit cheaper. Um, both Viv and I uh, are trainers for Galderma, um, and we are trainers for a specific reason. It's to empower our colleagues to do ethical treatments to the best of their abilities, giving patients the best possible outcome um, with a product that's safe and what we know the results can be if done correctly. And with scientific evidence behind it in yes. peer-reviewed, published scientific papers. That's incredible. That's the bottom line for me as a no. practicing doctor. Well, not only that, uh, you know, but you are the one in Galderma that we refer to when we have complications. And, uh, you know, often we see complications with products um, that was used off-label in the wrong areas um, and then we have no support to manage these complications. So I just want the people out there to be uh, aware of that. Um, we're running out of time. Uh, Sampiwa usually gives me a lasso. It seems like Ryan is Sorry. entranced in Sorry. what we are talking Please. about. <laughs> so um, I want to thank you, Dr. Viv, for helping me to bring across the message of bod uh, biostimulators for the use in bodies, specifically for necks and buttocks areas. Um, to recap, you know, what this is a, a, a treatment for a specific demographic who just wants a better contour, a little better uh, uh, quality of skin, maybe just fill out their jeans or their shorts a little bit better. Um, it's a treatment that is safe. We know what the data is um, it's natural and you know what it's um, in the right hands very very effective do you want to add anything before we say goodbye Mark I think you've just about said it all I think as a patient if you're considering having this treatment please make sure you see um, a doctor that's actually been trained in the use of um, sculpture for body indications there are a few tips and tricks that will optimize you and give you a better result Absolutely. Ryan, from your side? I just want to say thank you to you guys. This is very useful information, I think, to, I mean, for someone like me who doesn't know anything about this, it's good to know there are professionals out there on a platform like a podcast that you can find out about things like this. So thank you for informing us. So if you want to know more about Sculpture and Sculpture Body, you can contact the T-Clinic of Dr. Vivian's rooms. Uh, she's in Pretoria. Vivian, what's your phone number if they want to get hold of you? Um, our room's number is 
and the T Clinic here in Bryanston, Johannesburg, 0108241393. And we'll be very happy to answer any of your questions. Until next week, when we'll be back with um, a discussion on meta, um, on inflammatory bowel conditions. Sorry about that. We're going to talk about inflammatory bowel conditions for the next two weeks, what they are and what we can do to treat them. Until then, we wish you all good and health. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.